Learning definitively that the terrestrial world he was stuck in all his life is like a tiny fraction of what's out there in reality is really distressing to Fergus. So, for a while after his encounter with Eminence present, he just wanders. He's sort of enjoying not really having a physical body anymore, but also freaking out about it. So he probably goes on these jags of, like, flying rapturously up and around and any direction he wouldn't normally be able to go. If he can, like, phase through things, he does that a lot. But then, alternating with that, He'll, like, return to the restrictions he would normally have with his original body. He'll, like, try to convince himself that this is all a dream, and that he's just hallucinating somewhere, or asleep, and that he still has the same human frame. So he walks around... For a while, he, like, makes... He, like, rationalizes the fact that it's not working normally. He's just like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really tired. And that's why it feels like I'm forcing my imaginary feet to stomp on the ground. But after he does this for a while, he has no choice but to accept the fact that he now has an energy body instead of a flesh body. And that he actually is in some sort of... Uh, fortress outside time. Surrounded by weird fragments of everything. So... His next... The next thing he does is to go around to... Humanoid beings that he can find. That he can converse with telepathically and ask them if they have theatrical traditions. If they have anything like live theater, or if they're familiar with the concept of puppets. This is partly his anthropological interest in, like, what are these other life forms? What are their cultures? But it's also, like, him looking for a way to connect socially because if any of them do have theatrical traditions, and especially any of them that are aware of the idea of puppets, like puppet theater, like if any, if he, as soon as he finds some sort of humanoid being that's familiar with the idea of puppet theater, he's going to gather up stuff, and he's going to start gathering up stuff to put on a show. And the show he's going to be, show he's going to put on will be, for the very first time in his life, autobiographical. It'll be a show about his miserable childhood with his strung out parents intermittently hostile and doting toward him and like totally broken and just the bizarre life that he had until the theater sort of saved him. 
but even then it didn't really save him. It just sort of, it gave him something closer to home than he actually had, but still not like a real genuine place. And then, you know, from there it'll move on to like the idea of being a hero and the league and like finding a place and his friends, Connecticut, Reverb, and so on. So he's working on this autobiographical puppet show if he has something like an audience. If he has an audience, then he's, he works on the show for an indeterminate amount of time. I mean, I'm assuming everything is the present here, so it doesn't really sort of matter how long it takes just is. Um, if it were linear time, I'm sure it would be like years that he works on this, finding just the right materials to make the puppets to represent these figures in his life, to perfect the script, to practice all the movements, all of that. And, and, and you know, he's doing it all telekinetically, but there's still such a thing as craft. So if he performs the show for an audience and the show is well-received, then maybe he'll think about staying. However, the other thing that really drives him for this next dramatic interval is the idea that the, the future he saw, the future that Eminence presence present showed him can be changed he'll probably go back to eminence present or such like advisors of it as he can find and ask them about the future i forget the title of the the monarch or whatever of the future but he doesn't really understand how the ruler of the past could have pushed him into becoming a mega villain he can certainly understand the idea that the monarch of the future, like, creates that future for him. Like, he gets that. And then the question is, like, if I fight for present, will I be able to change that future? Because he really, really, really wants to get back to the world he knows, unless going back to that world automatically makes him this, like, world-ruining piece of shit. He doesn't want to ruin the world. He wants it all to be as sad as he is. So, somewhere during the process, probably at several points during the process of making this autobiographical show, he goes back to Eminence present and tries to find out what he can about its battle against the future. When it's, And I'm sure it's like, well, I'm battling future and past, but Fergus will be like, look, I don't care about the past. As far as I'm concerned, it's already done. I'm not as cosmic as you are. Tell me about the future, because I want to stop the bad future that you showed me, which is unacceptable. So I like the idea that you're kind of running around and testing your powers out, getting the fill, and reveling a little bit. 
trying to learn the the finer points and you know you do this for a while you kind of pass beans that boggle the imagination and everything that we've kind of already gone over and you eventually ask some of them if they have anything like puppeting in their culture and the first creature you come across is kind of this green amorphous blob type creature that's got multiple eyes and uh, like pseudopods kind of sticking out of it at different angles and you it doesn't have a discernible mouth but you do get that it is speaking to you um, and you're not hearing it with your ears you're hearing it with your mind and you know it's got this kind of kind of voice and it's just like puppets and the language that it's speaking your your mind seems to automatically decipher what it is and and it it goes from there uh but you you ask a, a few more you see a dude he's got he just looks like a normal guy he's sitting at this this odd looking table and he's got this black curly hair it's it's almost a mullet and he's got a a unibrow and he's he's skinny and tall and everything and you go over and and ask him and he's like yeah of course i know what a puppet is i'm from a different dimension not dumb it's like we don't have many of those here i don't think anybody's really that that into it but uh yeah so you know I'd ask around and see what everybody else thinks. But you do, you, you ask around for a while, and um, many of these, these creatures, these humanoids, um, do, you know, have some, some version of it. Um, but you kind of take that as a, as a go-ahead. And I'd like to, to zoom in, uh, particularly on this and then we can kind of cover uh imminence present uh, afterwards and by the way it's excellency past and majesty future so you do you take this Im indeterminable amount of time and put all this together and i do like the idea that Maybe it does take you years, but you you kind of get to know uh, an assortment of different individuals while you're looking for uh, materials and space and everything. And they actually, um, this odd little kind of goblin gnomish creature uh, points you to a small, it almost looks like a studio hall kind of deal and you know they say that nobody nobody lives there or anything so it's it's space for the taking and it actually suits your needs pretty well there's it seems almost 
tailor made to what you need. There's there's benches and uh, workspace and um, you know you don't have any tools, but you discover quickly that you don't need them because of your telekinesis. Uh, but yeah, you lock yourself away for days and weeks and months and you know working on the script and everything but um, time you find out like what I was saying is is mostly pointless here uh, you talk to some individuals that have been here for what they would guess were years uh, and they, they haven't aged uh, there are some people here that have aged but you get the impression that it's because they want it, that they want to get older, they want to go along with the march of times, but they don't know if it's super superficial because they don't feel older, um, like their bodies haven't deteriorated or anything, so it may just be something that's uh, superficial. But you take your time and you don't know how long you've been doing this. But you finally get to a point where you feel comfortable with it. And you've, you've kept it mostly under wraps, I imagine. But you've had to talk to a couple of individuals trying to find materials and, you know, tr still trying to, to dig for people's interests. Uh, and you've made acquaintances. I'll leave it up to you if you've made friends or not. Uh, a couple individuals will come in and and try to nose around and uh, see what's going on. But when you actually get to do the show, it's, you know, you've been working on this for so long and, and it's kind of hush-hush to a certain extent. Uh, you know, there's there's certain word out about it, but there's an incredibly large crowd, and you've gathered that there's not much in the way of entertainment here. There's a couple of um, people have tried to like carry over sports from their dimensions or uh, there's like a gladiatorial arena, you know, not to the death or anything, but where people can kind of practice their combat skills. And, you know, there's, there's a few things, but there's no, you know, television. You've got a couple people that are would be authors or, things like that, that have written books that are in circulation and, you know, they're storytellers, uh, you know, people that enjoy going out in nature and taking hikes. And, uh, you learn that this dimension is, there are limits to it. Uh, it does go for long stretches and with your flight speed, uh, maybe you're taking a break one day. You you find that you can fly from end to end um, before it kind of dissolves out into nothingness uh, in a couple of what you imagine hours. Uh, but you can fly pretty fast, so most people it would take days to walk across. And your show is very well received. I don't know how long you want it to, to run, but I imagine that Puppeteer doesn't bog down into to crazy minutiae or anything like that. But maybe it does run for days. Maybe people don't mind, uh, but you, you know, you'd see people 
kind of get up and leave. And if there's a heckler in the crowd or anything, you know, they quickly get shushed or booted out. Um, but people are pretty enraptured. Uh, they're, they're, they're interested. Maybe it's just a, um, because they're bored. Maybe it's because, uh, they're genuinely interested, but your show goes very, very well. It's very well received. Uh, so I guess that would bring Fergus some level of satisfaction. Uh, and the whole time you've been doing this, you haven't gone back or you haven't seen Eminence present. Uh, maybe you've tried or something and, and they haven't been uh, receiving anybody. You've, you've even gone, tried to gone through, you've tried to go through Liraz and, um, you know, she, she, you know, garners some type of excuse for them. Uh, oh, no, I'm very sorry, but Eminence present is very busy at the moment, but I will inform him that you wish to speak, but it may be some time. And it is some time. Uh, you even try to hunt down the individual that was in the cell next to you. But every time you ask about a Bernard and uh, the time that he was brought in and everything, even Liraz kind of shakes her head. No, I, I do the introductions for everyone here, and there was no Bernard in the cell next to you uh, at that time. Uh, when you came in, uh, there was no one there. So maybe that will put Fergus on edge or something. Uh, but yeah, I would like for you to maybe talk about the the reception that he gets. Uh, if I don't think he would become famous for it, but I think that uh, individuals would definitely take notice and uh, kind of ask him where it came from and uh, the people that had been prying before maybe looking specifically for uh, answers as to to who he was and where the world came from and uh, that's that's another thing like I think that's a form of entertainment here is people talking about their world about their time uh, and maybe Fergus goes and listens to some of these uh, being that I've kind of laid out a few things that people do for entertainment, tell me if he uh, participates in, in any of them or has, has any interest. Liraz comes back to you one day and she says, It is my apologies, but Imanet's presence says that it is not time for you two to talk again, and when it is, he will summon you. I'm sure you grind your teeth at that, uh, the idea of being summoned. She says, he thinks that you would be very upset at his phrasing, so just think of it as waiting for uh, an audition. And so uh, now that 
this this long stretch of time has passed and Fergus is told his story does he does he tell it again uh, is this kind of a, a a normal thing that he'll he'll do now um, or does he um, try to socialize at all does he Does he try to make acquaintances? Does he try to figure out who fights, who stays? Uh, does he try to get anybody else's stories? You don't have to give me you know, specifics as to who he meets. I'll come up with that. I'm just trying to figure out uh, Fergus's next step as to how he wants to proceed in this. Because him, after all this time, kind of sequestering himself away and and opening up to a certain extent. Because uh, I feel like this is, is very raw, very revealing as to who he is and what his past is. And this is a exaggerated form almost of, of what other people do when they when they tell about their home and uh, the stories there and uh, their legends and everything like that. So... I imagine that Fergus becomes a little famous for this, a, a little, uh, you know, he, he becomes the the guy that stepped up what everybody else just kind of, you know, there were people that were into storytelling and, um, you know, maybe there was even a, a person or two that was into puppetry or uh, art in some form and but they had never either been able to or interested in taking it to this level. So uh, maybe you get a, a, a rival or two artistically, uh, which I kind of like that idea. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a large uh, Yeti man that kind of, he's dressed very, Fancily, you know, he's he's eight feet tall with these giant broad hands, and but he's got like pince nez on those those small little glasses that rest on the the bridge of your nose, and you know he's got these big tusks jutting out from the from the bottom of his mouth, and it's like yes, that was it, it's it's a bit off because his his words are slurred because of the tusk, but he's just like. That was rather nice, but mm, I felt that it was um, a bit shallow in some parts, but ah, with a little refinement, I think it, it would be it would be worth the, the wordsmiths of my world. Mm, yes, lovely. And um, you can tell he's blowing smoke a little bit, but maybe you appreciate a, a critique. Being that it's probably the, the only one that you really get.